Welcome to Feed My Ship by Devotional Light Church. We are so excited that you took the time to join us today to feed on God's Word and to enrich your spirit. We know that your life will never be the same again. Join us now for a life-changing experience with Apostle Emmanuel Ejeh. God is good all the time. Wow. Today we thank God that we've gathered in his house and he's in our midst. Amen. And as we've come here, we are not going to be the same and we are not going to go back the same. Amen. Today I want to talk about planning. Is it? Is it? Am I alive? Wow. We are talking about planning. Amen. I want us to talk about planning, amen, because it is easier for one to forget to plan, amen. Many people are on automatic, amen. They are on automatic, amen. They haven't really planned anything, amen. And planning is so important, very, very important. Amen. Uh, you see, anything the Bible says is to add up, amen, or to enforce what I- it is already in man, what is basic in man. So somewhere in the Bible, you even read that it says, those who don't even have the Lord, those who even don't know the Lord, the word of God, by instinct, they obey it. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. When a child is born, no one really teaches the child how to walk, how to crawl. When the time comes, it is designed in the DNA of mankind. When the time comes, the child will just begin to what? Crawl. When the time comes, the child will just begin to what? Walk. Amen. And so there are many things that is basic to mankind. Amen. But of course, a lot of things are basic, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's basic to what? Everyone. Amen. And one of the things that are basic is what? Planning. Amen. Many Christians forget about planning. Amen. And then they intend to blame God. Amen. Or blame other people. Or intend to replace planning with other things. Amen. You cannot replace sugar with any other thing. Amen. What sugar would do, only sugar would do. What salt does, only salt would do. What pepper does, only pepper would do. So if you try not to put pepper in your soup and you still want a peppery taste, you will not what? Get it. Amen. And and so it is with planning. Amen. What prayer does, planning doesn't do it. You see, what anointing does, amen, physically doesn't necessarily do it. Amen. And matter of fact, the more you grow in the Lord, the more you must need to plan. Amen. The Holy Spirit is known as the spirit of might. Amen. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord. Amen. 
He's also known as the spirit of wisdom. Many people ignore the wisdom part of the Holy Spirit. Many people are only concerned about the might and power part of the Holy Spirit. The might and power part of the Holy Spirit, the signs and wonders, the miracles, the falling down, you know, the, the jumping. But the wisdom is what you have to do. And the wisdom part of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, he has already spoken it in this Bible. Amen. And many Christians ignore the wisdom part of the Holy Spirit. And church, what wisdom would do, knowledge will not do it. What wisdom would do, power will not what? Do it. There are countries that have a lot of resources, but you could see clearly, for the lack of wisdom, those countries are perishing. Amen. And one of the ways the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom about life is the act of planning in the Bible. So I want us to look at it. You see, many people only think of planning when they have to bake, build something bigger. It is true, you have to plan for that. But planning falls and comes all the way to our basic life. So as we look at it, do not think about only a project. But even your day-to-day -day activity, you must plan it. You must even plan what you eat. You must plan how you spend your money. You must plan how you want to achieve that aim. Amen. Even your clothes, you must plan how you wear it. Oh yeah, if you are able to plan your clothes, how you wear it, it makes a lot of difference. Many women have a wardrobe full of clothes, but every day they don't have what to wear. It's because they don't plan what they will be wearing. Other than that, how come the one who have 10 clothes always gets something to wear? And you that you have 50, you are always struggling with what to wear. I'm just saying this to show us how we can implement planning everything of our life. Anything you want to do, no matter how small, how big it is, it involves planning. You can ignore it, but when you put planning in it, it makes a lot of difference. If you are in a warfare, you must have a plan for the warfare. You want to marry, you must have a plan. You want to go to school, you must have a plan. You want to build, you want to have a house, mortgage, you must have a plan. Amen. I mean, every little thing, you must have a plan. Some plans are long term, some plans are short term, some plans are forever. Amen. If you are even going to serve the Lord, you must have a plan. Amen. How you be able to serve the Lord. Amen. Let's look at planning. Jesus says something at Luke chapter 14. Amen. Verse 28 to 31. Brother Aki, today read only the NIV for me. Amen. Luke, 8, uh, Luke 14, verse 28 to 31. And what Jesus said there was so huge, amen, so big, amen. So we are not really going to concentrate on it, because today I'm looking, we are looking at planning. But what Jesus said, you could see clearly that as Christians or as human beings, it is expected that we plan for things. Matter of fact, it looks like without, if, if, it, if we, are, we don't plan, it's rather abnormal. Amen. Luke 14, 28 to 31, just NIV today. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Luke 14, mm-hmm. 28 to 31 states, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Would he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a, a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. Amen. Amen. See, it says, suppose one wants to build a tower. Suppose a king wants to go to war. Won't he sit down and count the cost, calculate? So, there's word suppose and won't it. It means that it is basic, isn't it? Suppose you want to go out. Won't you wear a dress? It is basic. So, as I said, this scripture is huge, but if you are going to look at how to calculate the cost, the element of planning is in it. So, how Jesus put it, you could see that planning is basic. Suppose I want to heat my food. Won't I turn on the microwave? Meaning, it is standard. If I want to heat my food and I don't turn on the microwave, there's something wrong. You understand? So he said, suppose you want to build one, one, suppose one want to build a tower. Won't he calculate the cost? It's basic. Find out whether you'll be able to. And it comes with planning. Suppose a king want to go to war. Won't he, first of all, find out? It's basic. Planning is basic. Planning is basic. It is normal. It is basic. I mean, as you are buying the car, you have to plan. How are you going to maintain the car? Because it comes with monthly insurance. It comes with fuel. You see, it is basic. Praise the Lord Jesus. Please, do we understand? But as I said, we are not going to this statement. It's of God. This statement, uh, if we are going to digest it, it's a, it's a teaching on its own. But this is just to give us the understanding that planning is basic. So look at what Proverbs says. Proverbs 16 verse 1. Amen. Proverbs 16 verse 1. It says, The plans of the heart belongs to man. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Many people take the last part and leave the first part. Meanwhile, it is the last part that doesn't really matter to us. It is the first part which is our duty. Read it for me, please. Proverbs 16, verse 1. Yeah. To humans belongs the plans of the heart, mm-hmm. but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. Amen. Amen. So to humans belongs the plans of the heart. Remember, the, in the Bible, the heart is what you have decided. You have decided. When the thing comes into your mind, you haven't decided. The Bible called it the mind. But when you conclude, you decide. It uses what? The heart. Amen. So he said to humans, to you, to us, plans belongs to us. But as to the answer of the plans comes from God, isn't it? So it's up to God. But our, what belongs to us is plan. It is 
for ourselves. For it's up to us to plan. Planning doesn't belong to God. Planning my life doesn't belong to God. God will not plan my life for me. Of course, he has a plan for me, but he will not plan my life for me. Matter of fact, most often God's plan, he put it in you. Amen. So planning belongs to mankind. It belongs to you. God will not plan your marriage for you. God will not plan your finances for you. God will not plan your future for you. Planning belongs to you. Amen. Of course, it says what? It is God who will answer your, the time, which is what you have what planned. So even for God to answer, you must first what? Have the plan. Read the same Proverbs 19 verse 21. See how he, pu- he put it. It says, many are the plans, amen, in a person's heart. Meaning man have many what? Plans. So it is normal to have many plans. Because life must be full of plans. Read it for me. Proverbs 19, verse uh, 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Amen. Amen. So he said many are the plans, similar to the first one, but a little bit different. But it is God's purpose that will prevail. Amen. But he never said that, so do not plan. He said you plan. But it is God's own that word prevail. You plan, but it is God who will answer your plans. And it's very true because many are your plans that never came to pass, that will never come to pass. And there are different reasons. Amen. But your own is to plan. Amen. Plan. Even when are you going to change your sofa? Plan. When are you going to get a new TV? You must plan. Many of us don't plan. That's why we fall into debt. Because when you, you see, planning does a lot of things you don't realize. When you have plans, you can get 10,000 and you realize that the 10,000 is not even enough. It's because you have plans. But if you don't have plans, you even get 2,000 and you think you have money. And in two months' time, you end up having nothing. Then something will happen. Then you have to borrow. And these are some of the effect of plans, but we don't realize it. Amen. So, so far, Proverbs say plans is the plans are for you. You have to make the plans. Many are the plans in your heart. But it says something. Say it is God's plans or purpose that will stand. Amen. And it's also God that will answer your plan. Okay, the first one means that it is God that will help your plan to come to pass. The second one means that your plan, if it's against God's plan, it is God's own purpose that would stand. Amen. Today we are not really concerned about God's plan. Amen. We are concerned about ourselves, our own plans. Amen. But because of the element of God in it, look at what Proverbs says again, the 16 verse 3. Amen. Amen. So Proverbs, do not forget, Proverbs 16 verse 1 says, plan belong to man. Amen. But it is God who will answer those plans. So because of that, the Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, Commit your plans into the hands of God, and he will establish it. Read it for me. 
Proverbs 16, verse 3. Uh -huh. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, mm -hmm. and he will establish your plans. Amen. Amen. So it says, commit to God whatever you do, and he will establish your what? Plan. He will not establish his plan. He will not establish my plan for you, but he will establish your plan when you commit it. Why? Because the 16 verse 1 says, plans belongs to man. So you must plan. Then, after you plan, you commit it into God's hands. And you say, God what? Establish what? Those plans. But you must first have the plan. Amen. How are you going to finance that project? You must have the plan. Because Jesus said, you must count the cost. Amen. How, a country that I've lived in before, Ghana, they always have good plan. Amen. They, they always have plans. Many are the plans of man. Amen. But one thing, because I've lived there before, is they never plan how to maintain anything they have. So they always have good things, but in no time, it goes. Because uh, there's no plan to maintain that which is received. Amen. So, first of all, it says you have to have the plan. You have to make the plan. But I say when you make the plan, commit it what? Into God's hand. Then God what? Establish it. Meaning, if you don't commit it into God's hands, he's not part of the plan. So when you make the plan and it is wrong or it will not work, because you've committed into God's hands, he knows how he will lead you away from that plan or cause you cause that plan to what? Work. But you have to have the plan. Amen. Even your day off, you must have a plan. Your Tuesdays, you must have a plan. Because Tuesdays, there's church service. You must have a plan. Because if you don't have a plan to, anything goes for you. Praise the Lord Jesus. Why should we commit our plans into God's hands? Read the same 16 verse 9 for me. Proverbs 16 verse 9. So Pro note that Proverbs 1 verse, 16 verse 1 say, plans belongs to you. And the 16 verse 3 say, commit those plans into what? God's hands. And he will establish it. Why do we have to? Read the 16 verse 9 for me. 16 verse 9. Yeah. In their hearts, human plans, human plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Amen. Amen. It said we plan, but it is God who establishes our steps. So it is because it is God who will establish your steps, you have to commit it into his hand. You see, he said he will establish your steps. He didn't say your plans. Meaning when you plan, he begins to direct you, lead you, so that those plans will be fulfilled. And this is where many Christians also fell short. Because when the Lord begins to lead us in regarding the same plan we have made, many of us don't accept it. Because sometimes it is not the way we thought it would be. Sometimes the price involved, we don't want to pay it. Amen. Sometimes we think we are wiser than God. Sometimes to be what God did with us or how God established our previous plans a year or ten years ago, we are thinking and we are expecting that he's going to do the same thing for this particular plan. But every plan is different. 
Every season is different. Every year is different. For example, in this, our great country, United Kingdom, uh, the way that 10 years ago, what qualified people to be citizens today does not qualify them. 10 years ago, you didn't have to write exams. Today, you have to. So if you are holding on that same plan 10 years ago, today you what? Fail. Amen. So it is God that will establish your steps regarding that plan. He will not let that plan come from heaven for you, but he will begin to establish your steps, meaning lead you in the plan, direct you. You want to buy a mortgage. You want to own your house. You have a plan. How do you people own house? Okay, your circumstance. This and this is what I have to do. I have to save this. I have to do this. I have to forgo this for a season for this. And this, I'll get this. That I can own that property. That is your plan. But me and you know, there's no guarantee that it will come to pass. So what do you do? You commit it into God's hands. Amen. How do you commit it into God's hands? By praying that, Father, I commit this plan into your hands. And obeying the word of God regarding that particular plan. If the plan is for mortgage, you obey the word of God on finances. If the plan is for marriage, you obey the word of God on marriage. If it's for children, you obey the word of God on children. You understand? Then the next thing he said, then say, then he what? Establish your steps. So you all of a sudden you begin to lead you. Or someone will come. All of a sudden, out of conversation, someone will give a key. It could be even be someone you don't respect, but he will show you how he managed to get his mortgage. If you don't listen to him, it is you missing the steps. Someone that, it could even be someone, because this, I'm saying this because many a time when God is establishing our steps through people that we think we are far better than them, we don't accept it. So we miss it. Remember, God does not follow us. He doesn't do it as we want. We are to follow him. He does it his way because his ways are higher than our ways. Praise the Lord Jesus. So he established, all of a sudden, he lets someone speak to you. You realize your weakness or your laziness or something. Amen. All of a sudden, he draws something into your attention. All of a sudden, that's how he leads us. He leads us out of the bloom. But the Holy Spirit will help you people descend. Amen. He, he, he established your steps regarding your plan. He does not do your plan for you. All of a sudden, he opened that door for you. He released our finances for you. Just to help your plan. Amen. Someone give the Lord a clap offering. Read this Psalm 20, verse 4 for us. Psalm 20, verse 4. So we are looking at planning. Amen. Because planning is very vital, church. You must have a saving plan. Amen. You see, you don't need much to have a plan. Amen. But you must have a plan. Read it for me. Psalm 20, verse 4. Verse 4 states, May he give you the desire of your hearts and make all plans succeed. Amen. Amen. So it says, May he give you the desire of your heart and make all. The word all is there, isn't it? You didn't say it. And make all your plans succeed. Make all your plans succeed. Give you the desire of your heart. Remember, the plan is the heart. 
So he give you the desire of the heart and make all your plan. Otherwise, you should let what you are you plan succeed. So if you have no plan, what will God make it to succeed in your life? Amen. How will God help you succeed if you have no plan? You have no plan to go to university. How will God help you go to university? Help you succeed. You have no plan. Meaning you are not taking any steps. May you have a plan. And I mean detailed plan. In all aspects of your life. May you have a plan. May you even plan the number of times you buy clothes in a week or in a month or in a year. Let's take it for no, let's not take it for granted. Matter of fact, that when times are hard, you need planning the most. Amen. School, you need plan. Timetable is planning. Whenever you have a timetable, it's just planning when you will study. Amen. We need plan when to study, when to watch TV. You must have it. When you wake up morning and you know that you are going to do this, do that, do that, that is a plan. Maybe you don't realize it. Amen. And as I said, all levels. I don't want us only to think about when you only want to achieve something. But in your daily life, you must have a plan. Amen. But Proverbs 15 verse 22 says something. So far, what have I said? I said, you have to have the plan. And you must commit it into God's hands. Amen. And God will establish your steps regarding those plans. God will help those plans to what? Succeed because he's your God. But you must have the plan. Amen. But Proverbs 22 says something. 15, 22 says something. Let's look at it. Proverbs 15, 22 mm -hmm. states, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advices, they succeed. Amen. Amen. And Proverbs said, despite the God effect, plans also fail for lack of many counsel. Amen. And he said, because plans succeed out of many counsels. Ad Counseling is this counsel is the same thing as word for advi advising. Amen. So he's saying that plans fail because people don't seek advice. And he said, why that? Because he said plans succeed out of many what advices. Amen. So apart from the God effect, your plans can fail because we refuse. To take advice, seek advice, or accept advice regarding your plans. Amen. And many people fall short here. See, when whoever in your eyes, whoever you accept as a great man or woman, study that person's life, you realize that that person has a lot of advices. All kinds of people. The man can be a billionaire, but he'll call a 16 year old boy regarding a particular issue, seeking advice. But maybe they will not tell you, but that is. 
And I didn't say it. The Bible said it. It said plans fail. So God is saying that despite he will help your plans, despite after you've committed it into your hands, it can still fail because of lack of advice. And he said to make it succeed, you need many what? Advising. So it's not about that plan. Amen. So meaning my plan A, I will need a particular advice from particular people somewhere. That plan B, I will not necessarily need that advice from them. Because it's a plan. You, you, you understand? If I want advice regarding church, I will not go to the bank. I will not go and ask someone who has bought a house, isn't it? I will seek it from a pastor. Isn't it? But if I want to buy a mortgage or own a house, I will go to a bank for what? Advice. I will go to someone who has bought it. Even if the person is an unbeliever, how he managed to buy the house. I will not necessarily go to the pastor to advise me on how to buy a house. Do we get the difference? So he said, the advice is not about your life, but about that plan. If a country is going to war, they will go to the what? Army. First, isn't it? The generals of the army. Amen. So, advice fails because of what? Sorry, plans fail because of what? Advice. Because of counseling. And one thing that hinders counseling is pride. Two, arrogant. Three, when you think you are good for everything, which no man is. And the fourth thing, self-righteousness. Because for Christian, self-righteousness is a big issue. These four things, quenches and stop and prevent one from seeking counsel regarding his or her plan. You can give all the excuse, but if without counselors, the pastor's uh, the word says, your plans might fail. Amen. Three types of counselors you must have or you must seek. Three types of counselors. Amen. Let's look at the three types of counselors. Because this is the, one, the only warning about our plans, what? Failing. So let's look at the three types of counselors you must seek. The first counselor and the most important counselor is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Read it for me, please. John 14, 26. The first counselor and the most important counselor is the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it is sad. Many Christians don't know the Holy Spirit when it comes to counseling. Many Christians miss it. It's very sad. Amen. Because I said many only know him by his power and might. Apart from his power and might, they don't know him. The next thing they know, the Holy Spirit, is also by his gifts. But they don't know him as the spirit of even knowledge or wisdom. He's also the spirit of counsel. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit respects human beings so much. The Bible says he doesn't force anyone. He doesn't impose Amen. Because of this, many people don't accept his counsel or even miss out on it. Read it for me. 
John 14, verse 27. 26, please. 26 states, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Are you reading NIV, please? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Please continue. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will mm -hmm. teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Amen. Amen. The ad another word for advocate, it's what? Counselor. Amen. So I think the King James said the counselor, isn't it? Okay. Is that a comforter? King Whose James. version say the counselor? It's the amplified. Read it for me. I have told you these things while I'm, I am still with you. But the comforter, in bracket, counselor, okay. helper. Okay. So the counselor, advocate is counselor. Advocate. Ja lawyers will understand it better. He just counsels you. He just advises what you. Amen. And read Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2 for me. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2, please. Isaiah 11 verse 2. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm reading the New King James Version. Please read it. Hallelujah. Amen. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. Amen. The spirit of counsel and might, capital S. So oh. the Holy Spirit is the spirit of counsel. And a counsel is just advice. One, if you want to know the Holy Spirit, he advises. So anyone who hates advice, you miss out on the Holy Spirit. And everything and anything God, you never see God. Everything and anything Holy Spirit, you never see the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit lives in us. So he counsels and speaks to us through people. True people. It takes, he's here right now, it takes certain discernment to hear his advice. But when you go back to the John 14, 26, it gives us a clue. He said he will teach you, amen, all things and bring to your remembrance that which you have heard. One of the ways, one of the ways he counsels us is remind us what we have heard. Like as you are hearing this word of God, if you are going to take any steps that need that any plan, you are going to make any plan, take any step that you need a counseling and you don't seek advice, you see that you remember this. When you remember it, it is the Holy Spirit telling you that you must seek advice. Amen. And he teaches you the Bible says everything written down is to teach us. So his major way of teaching us is through the word. Because everything that is important is free for all Christians. Not everyone could hear the voice of God. Not everyone could see visions. Not everyone have the gift of word of knowledge, word of wisdom. But everyone can read and learn or listen to the preaching. And he has, a, he, has a, he has a still voice 
He doesn't shout. Bible says when God said he's coming to Elijah, fire, all those things passed. God was in. God came in the still voice. And he prompts you in your heart. You hear it in you. You just hear the words, especially of your pastor. You just hear it. You can just, sometimes you can just imagine, you, you, when you are taking the step, you can just imagine and see yourself that, ah, as for this thing, pastor will be saying this to you. That is the advice of the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. Because my sheep shall know my voice. God, Christ speaks through his shepherds. Because if they receive you, they have received me. That is why we are to do nothing but preach his word so that he can minister to you people. So this is the main way the Holy Spirit advises us. It's not anything giddy, 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 giddy. It's not anything super. No, 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 no. It's very simple. It's very simple. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is the first counselor. How do you get his advice? After you commit the plans, remember we pray to God in the name of Jesus. But we speak to the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter. He's part of us. He's a personality. He wants us to relate to him. So you can say, Holy Spirit, advise me on this. Your own just to say, Holy Spirit, advise me on this. As to how, it's up to him. He is the Spirit of the Lord. Holy Spirit, I need your advice. Holy Spirit, I want to do this. I've prayed about it. So from now, advise me. Be the chief counselor. Then he knows how he will advise you on this and through this. Amen. Someone give a clap for the counselor. The chief counselor. Amen. Many a times the Holy Spirit will just prompt me. Do not. That is the advice. Sometimes just finish. And later you realize that just that word was a big word. Many a times the Holy Spirit just, you see, tell you, oh, pray for this for him. Pray for this for her. And you won't understand. But later you realize, hey, so the Holy Spirit knew it. But if I didn't praise disobedience, but it's just a word and advice. Sometimes you'll be praying about an issue. I'll tell you a story. Then we look at the other two. Because I always remember this story. And three days ago, I don't know what happened, but I remember it again. My mother, my mother, my real mother, amen. There was a season that because she told me, and I also heard her saying it several times and telling people. And it matter of fact, I even heard her laughing against the Holy Spirit on this. My mother said there was a season she was praying because she wanted to start business. So she was praying that God should help her with what business to do, that the Holy Spirit should show her what business to do. And the Holy Spirit said to her, that she should go and sell ice water. Oh, you've heard me say it before. You know. And the Holy Spirit said to her, she should go and sell ice water. And see, and when she was even telling me this, she was laughing. And not like she was laughing, or she was laughing the Holy Spirit, because she was like, ah, like, look at me. The Holy Spirit said, I should sell ice water. Amen. But she obeyed it. She started it. But you see, because it wasn't in her heart, she stopped. But later on, she regretted big time. Do you know why? Because when the Holy Spirit asked her to sell water, that time, a new kind of production had started in Ghana. 
and they started in Tema, pure water. They just bagged water. There was only one company called Mobile. And, those and my brother-in-law, cousin, was working with that company. So remember, my mother has been a widow for a long time. Her only source of income was uh, rent from her properties. Amen. And so basically, she didn't even have capital. And as I was speaking, that was, she was around 50-something years. There wasn't much what strength as well. Okay, so they used to bring this pure water for her free. She doesn't have to pay. When she sells it, when every week they come, as they bring it, they take. So she obeyed the Holy Spirit. By a few months, she stopped. You know, because it wasn't in her. But lo and behold, after five years, even as of now, the last time I went to Ghana, the number one prosperous business is the pure water business. It is more than petrol oil in Ghana. You see the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. It sounded very simple. So she regretted because she used to say, that's why I remember it. And now that opportunity is no more because people are rushing for it. So now they will not give to you. And now they will not even sell it in tens of bags. They sell it in trucks. So if you want, you two must go with to those who bought it with trucks and go and buy your tens of bags. So now she didn't even have the opportunity again. She blew it. Amen. So the counsel of the Holy Spirit, it sounds, as he said, by the foolishness of preaching, he will save the word. Preaching sounds foolish. It sounds like, ah. But you'll be surprised. There's nothing powerful in regards to salvation that that. Amen. Someone give the Lord a clap offering. The second advisor, counselor, is your pastor. Amen. I'm not talking about pastors. I'm talking about your pastor. Amen. Your pastor. Why your pastor? It's two things. Because your pastor always know or will know about any plan, especially the one that will lead you astray. Except the person is not your pastor. Except the person is not of God or has is not in tune with God. God always will speak to your pastor regarding you. I'm talking about your pastor. I'm not talking about a prophet. You see, there's a difference between a prophet and a pastor. A prophet tells you almost everything he or she sees regarding you about you. A pastor doesn't necessarily do that. A pastor always, the question is, Father, what do I do? What does he not? If there's a need for him or for your pastor to tell you, then he will tell you. Many a time he will not tell you. Because listen, a pastor is like, it's that matter is a father. When you're paying your children's school fees, do you always tell them, I pay your school fees yesterday? Do you know what? You don't even tell them, do you? Do you? That's a pastor. But the prophet, which is the neighbor, oh, I paid your school fees yesterday and you are disrespecting me today, you know? The prophet just tells you and go, but the pastor is with you in your midst. Amen. And read, let's read this scripture, Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Please read it for me. It says, surely the 
the, the sovereign Lord, God will do nothing without revealing it what? Unto what? His prophet. In other words, stand there for a man of God. Amen. We must understand that the old time, the, in the Old Testament, we have the priests and we have the prophet. The prophet were like the apostles. So somebody like Jonah, the Bible says he was a prophet. But at Nineveh, he was what? An evangelist. He went and what? Preach. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. So whatever your plans, as God tried to help you, amen, what if the, especially if there's a danger or something, he reveals it to your pastor. Amen. And especially if, especially if that plan or he has a better plan for you, he reveals it to your pastor. Or if there's something small you are just missing, it could just be a small word advice. It could just be a simple word of advice like be patient. Or, hey, do not fear. He reveals it to your pastor. Read it for me, please. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Yeah. Surely the sovereign Lord does, not, does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. Amen. He says, surely he does not without revealing it. So whatever plan ha God has for you, if it's coinciding with your plan, he will reveal it. Praise the Lord Jesus. Um, I, I'm not, I don't know about any other pastors. They are not my responsibility, but I'm talking about your pastor. Amen. If it doesn't matter wherever church you are, because when you tell your pastor, of course, there are levels of plans. There are certain plans you will know by yourself that no point. Because, but the higher the plan, when you tell your pastor, what will he do? He will pray about it, help you commit it into the hands of the Lord. He said, a pastor will not necessarily tell you that he's been praying for you. A good pastor cannot tell you that. Because it is his job. It is his duty. But what will he do? Pray for you. What will he do? He will hear the counsel of the Holy Spirit that you don't hear or you have forgotten or you have sidelined and tell you. Amen. Because several times the Holy Spirit speaks to us through dreams and other reasons and we ignore it. But when it comes from the pastor, we are awakened. Because you know there's no way the pastor will know that. Amen. Or sometimes even as you tell him, as he speaks to you, he will just speak to you, but you, you pick up what? Nuggets in whatever he's counseling you on. So when you read Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, we will not read it. He said, the plans I have for you, amen, are to prosper. So God also has plans for us. And Bible says he revealed these plans to what? His servant. Amen. So maybe you for whatever reason, you're now you are thinking about your now. But to, to, for that plan to come to you, to affect the bigger plan that God has for you, which is your forever. But the pastor, God will reveal to your pastor and say, no, take your time because something else is coming. Or do this and do that. Amen. Now Satan is a fighting against this second advisor. If you're in church and you can't accept your pastor, as an advisor, then you have failed. Because you, God will not give you anything outside man. God doesn't do anything outside man on earth. Think of it. To honor God is to honor man. 
To worship God is to worship with men. And a man will lead you in worship. To love God, Bible says, is to love what? Man. To give to God is to give to man. <laughs> so God speaks to you. is true man. That's why we call them man of God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Someone give the Lord a clap offering. The third counselor, um, advisor is based is the one I call the secular advisor. I call that advisor the secular advisor. Why that? The secular advisor is one that whatever you need advice on, he's done that, he's been there, he's working on that path. That he can what? Help you. He can speak to you. So for example, you want to buy a mortgage. Your income is 1005 And someone's income is also 1005 but he or she has managed to buy a mortgage. You don't know how. You ask him or her. But I want to buy a mortgage. I don't know how. Please, how did you, how did you, what should I, what do I need to what, do? You want to marry? Are you married? Someone has also married. Someone has even come out of divorce. He has learned lessons. You want a big church? People have had big churches. They've been pastors for years. You seek their advice. Of course, not everyone. That is why you need the counselor, the Holy Spirit, and the what? Counsel of your pastor. Because some people will even lie to you as you try to seek the advice. Some people will also tell you the truth, but that is different. Some people will even give you good advice, but they will take certain things out. Not because of anything, you know, sometimes you cannot disclose all information. Sometimes there was a little bit of foul place that the person cannot what, disclose to you. But the Holy Spirit and your pastor advice will make up all for what? All this what? Advices. Amen. You want to be a sportsman. Find out how the sportsman became great. That is advice. You just have to find it out. Amen. For example, recently I was talking with someone. Amen. And the person said, Oh, I'm going to Ghana. I'm going to have a business. I say, wow. I say, what business? So, I'm buying um, a truck, a, a Mercedes van, and I'm going to use it for a uh, trotro. Ghana, we have some type of uh, bus, passengers bus that we call trotro. We call it trotro because it stops, it, it's, it stops anywhere. If I'm standing here to stop here and pick me up, when you're standing there, he'll stop and pick you up. Trotro. Amen. And I said, okay. Uh, I said, brother, that is a very bad business. Don't go and do it. I said, when you do it, I'll tell you your future regarding this business. At the end of the day, you lose the car, you have to sell the car, and you have nothing. He said, how did you know? I said, first of all, I've done that business before. My mother has also done that business before. And I know more than 10 people who live in United Kingdom alone. I mean, United, you know, not coming to America, Germany, or Spain, or in United, you know, who have all bought trucks, bus like you, and took it to Ghana for business, and they all, after five years maximum, no truck, no money, everything gone down the drain. <laughs> so you can learn from what? 
them. So I'm advising you, either he accept it or he will find out. Amen. And I'm sure if you are here, you at least hear at least one person who is here and went and buy a truck, went bus in Ghana, and the end result was he had nothing. You see, so if that brother didn't seek that advice, I mean, all things be equal. He would just buy it, and at five years, he would be bitter, lose all that thousands of pounds, just because he did not seek it. And he, it wasn't like he was seeking, he just mentioned it to me. You see, and I said, don't do that. Praise the Lord Jesus. Someone give the Lord a clap offering. So you must, whatever you must, you must seek advice for those who are on that path. Those who have been on that path. Amen. God, remember, the pastor, a pastor, a man of God, one of the reasons why they go through a lot is God take them through a lot so that they can advise his people better. So not only spiritual things. For example, the prophet cares only about spiritual things. Everything I see, I hear, which is good. But we don't live by I see, I hear. Do we live by I see, I hear? Life is real, isn't it? The I see, I hear is an advanced knowledge that is meant to help us, lead us, empower us to do the real world thing. The evangelists just care about, oh, let's so, so, so. They should be saved, they should be saved. Now when the people are saved, what happens next? They are saved and they are hungry. They are saved and they are poor. They are saved and depressed. You see? But the pastor cares about the well-being of the people. About their growth. About their joy. About their prosperity. That's the heart of the pastor. That's why you don't normally see a prophet in your parties. You don't normally see the evangelist in your party. But you see the pastor sitting quietly among you as if he's nobody. That is how it's called. The pastor, the Bible says, is one of the people among the people. Amen. The teacher always wants to teach you. He's always, you see that, he's trying to enforce something. That's the teacher. He will talk, I'll teach you that this is wrong. You see? Enforce it, enforce it. Amen. Someone give the Lord a clap offering. So these are the three types of counselors you must what? Have. Amen. What have I said so far? All I've said is let us not take our life and our purpose for granted. We have to plan. We have to have a plan. And we must commit that plan into the hands of God. And as we commit that plan into the hands of God, let's trust him. But we must seek advice regarding the plan we have what made. Some plans are standard. Some plans are minor. Some are major. Some are minor, but the implication, if it goes wrong, is catastrophe. So we must treat it as a major one. Many advice, normally the advice that will make a big difference in your life, will not necessarily agree with what you think. It, it will never be wrong, but it will not necessarily agree with what you think, how you think it should be. Amen. I just want us to look at quickly. We have like 10 or 15 more minutes. Amen. Other keys you have to consider about planning. After you have planned, amen, after you've committed into God's hands, 
after you have seek advice, the next thing you must do, you must execute the plan. Meaning you must put the plan in action. Meaning you must begin to follow the plan. Meaning you must begin to do that which you have to do. Many people do all this and they never ever execute the plan. And it, then all that you've done is waste. Amen. Let's read it. Amen. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 27. Amen. So after all this thing, you must execute the plan. You must start acting on the plan. If you make up your mind that next year, as for next year, next year by this time, you must have 5,000, amen, and you have 10 months, and meaning you must save 500 pounds a month, and you've calculated and you've seen that you can save 500 pounds a month. When they pay you, the first thing you must remove that 500 pounds and save it. Amen. When temptation comes, you don't go for it. Amen. Read it for me. 24, 27, please. Proverbs 24, 27 states, mm -hmm. Put your outdoor work in order mm -hmm. and get your fields ready. Mm -hmm. After that, build your house. Amen. Amen. So it says, prepare your work, outdoor work in order. Get your fields ready. After that, prepare. He was talking about plan planning. Get it ready. Preparation. Then after that, what? Build. That is execution. So after the plan, it's no good if you don't execute it. It's no good. You have to. Amen. You have to. You have to. Because actions speak louder than words. And faith itself is what? Action. Faith is an action word. Praise the Lord Jesus. The last thing about plans, when you begin to execute the plan, when you begin because of the plan, because the moment you begin to execute, now the plan, in a sense, determines what you do, your choices. That's why the God said he will establish your steps. Because today I've planned that after church, I am going to evangelism two hours before I go home. So when someone called me after church and said, oh, Pastor, I want to see you. You see, because of that plan, I'm able to tell the person without thinking that, oh, you unless six o'clock. But if I don't have that plan, so what? Come. You, you understand? So it's a step. Amen. But the next thing and the final thing is you have to be diligent in order for that plan to pass. And diligence is ongoing thing. Amen. Read it for me, please. Proverbs 21, verse 5. Diligently is carefulness, consistency. Amen. Consistency. So many people do all this and they put their plan in action, but they are no more diligent. Read it for me, please. Proverbs 21, verse 5, five states, mm -hmm. The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. Amen. Amen. So it, say it is the plans of the diligent that lead to what? Profit. So not all who plans and execute them bring profit, but the diligent. What is diligent? As the plan is going, as you continue, you begin to know it's not working or it's working. 
These are the challenges. This seems not possible. What do I need to do? It takes diligently to realize all this. And now you can't follow the plan. Uh, and all the science is showing that this is going wrong, but you still continue. One of the ways the Lord guides us to is he allows us to see that this step is wrong so that we can turn away from it. Amen. So we need to be diligent. Diligent, let me put it like this, is just considering the details of your plan. Because for every plan, there's a lot of but, 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 isn't it? Amen. Life is full of but, but many people do not consider the but. Okay, you want to say 500 pounds a month. Eh? But there are emergency. So when an emergency rise, what do you do? Maybe that month you cannot save. But you stop the saving because you feel one month. No. You see, there's a lot of what? But. Amen. There's a lot of what? But. So it takes diligence. Amen. Another thing you must know about planning. I'll just have to mention this. Amen. As I said, it's diligently. You have to be diligent. You have to be careful. No fear. No fear. Being careful is different from being fearful. You don't have to fear, but you just have to be what? Careful as you execute your plan. Amen. I wanted to go into how to be careful, but I don't think we can look at it today. But one thing I have to warn you about your plan is do not fear. Do not fear that your plan will fail. Do not fear. When you fear, you will make mistakes. When you fear, you are more likely to fail. Amen. At the same time, I'm not saying be, be risky. I've already spoken about diligently. So if you are diligent, you cannot be what? Risky. But do not fear because, listen, many a times your plan might not even lead you to that which you want to achieve, but it opens your mind and your understanding for a lot of things that is needed, and that is truly your way. But you will never have known it until you decided to follow that plan. Sometimes you can have a business, for example, you, all you just want is, your whole plan is to buy a property, a one-bedroom house, so that you can rent it out. But as you follow it, as you begin to gain advice, as you follow it, by the time you'll be ready with your mortgage money, then all of a sudden you realize, no, having a home is a better investment than the property. But it's by on until you have followed that plan, you will never have known that. You, you understand? Sometimes you will fail, which is good. There's nothing wrong with failure. There's nothing wrong with failure. Amen. But when you fail, it brings you what? Experiences that it will only take failure to have. It opens your eyes. It gives you, failure also gives you another opportunity. So do not fear. Oh yeah, do not fear. Hardly have I heard any man we consider successful who hasn't spoken about his failure before. 
If you know one, let me know, please, after service. Amen. Sometimes it is the failure of the plan that makes you a better man for the next plan or that same plan, and that is why you achieve it, and even faster. Amen. So look at what the Bible said. Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 4. Amen. I mean, God, this one, God was talking about sin. Amen. But he introduced a principle here. Amen. So the principle talks about failure. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 4. Jeremiah 8, verse 4 mm -hmm. states, Say to them, mm -hmm. this is what the Lord says. When people fall down, do they not get up? When someone turns away, do they not return? Amen. Amen. So he said, when people fall down, do they not? When you fall down, you do get up. When you fail, you do get up. Yeah. He said, when people go astray, they do turn back. So do not fear. Do not fear. Seven times you shall fall. Seven times you shall rise. Do not fear. Do not care about your past failures. Make plans again. Make plans again. Many of you now, if you look back five or ten years back, now, please everybody look at me in the name of Jesus. If you look back ten or five years back now, there are many things if you should be presented with the same thing, you would do it otherwise. Why? 80% because of your failure in those things, in those ways. So don't fear to fail. But those opportunities, five or ten years, is not here again. It is presenting itself. So just learn from the past mistake and make new plans for it. This is a rhema word for you. Then you have to do your homework well. You see, but when you feel, you, you should know, if you are honest, you should know why you feel. At least you should have an idea. Except you don't want to accept it. There are people who always see, as Jesus said, the log on people's eye. But they never see the small one on what? Their eyes. They see all the things that made them feel. But they never see their role, however small it is, that caused them to fail. Amen. Someone give the Lord a clap offering. I had wanted to talk about how to be diligent, the keys to be diligent. Amen. Our time is up. I cannot go into it, but I'll just mention it. Amen. It's in the Bible. One of the ways to be diligent, because the Bible warned us that it will take diligence for the plans to pass or to come to pass. Amen. So to be diligent involves thinking. Many people don't think. Their mind is on automatic. They never thinking is to sit down and consider things. One of the areas that I really think is when I'm praying. That's why I like prayer. Especially when I'm praying thoughts. The mind just switches to something. And ah, I begin to think. Many people don't think. They, you, you see, they've never sat down to think think true. Other than that, it is obvious they will see. 
So one of the ways to be diligent is thinking. The Bible wants us to think, amen. As I said, we can't go in through. And the next thing is to be patient. To be diligent, you have to be patient. Amen. Patient is not idleness. When you are idle, it doesn't mean you are patient. When you don't plant any fruit, you don't water any fruit, you don't win and prune any fruit, you are not patient. It is when you are planting the fruit, you are watering every day, and you are waiting for the day to bear fruit. That is when you are patient. And the third thing is to be persistent. Persistent is the same thing, repetition, constant, persistent. Amen. That's the se- third thing. And the fourth thing is to persevere. Because every good plan comes with challenges and sacrifices. So you have to persevere is to continue despite opposition. You see, because of your nature, you see, you used to, because of your nature, you used to buy a new hill or a new boot every week, you see. But now your new plan is to have a certain amount for a particular project. So you cannot buy a new boot, you understand, or a new. So you still see those boots, but you can't buy it. It's a form of pain. You must continue to endure not to buy it. You must continue to what? Sacrifice. Amen. And the fifth one is endurance. You have to endure the weight. You have to endure the pain. You have to endure the burden. It's not easy. Many of you, please don't get me wrong, I'm talking as a pastor. You won't sit down one hour and pray one hour straight. Not because you cannot pray one hour straight. You cannot endure the patient sitting down and just uttering words for an hour. It's not like it's difficult. You can't be patient enough. You cannot endure just sitting idle and just you cannot. It's not difficult. Just that you are impatient when it comes to that. You cannot endure. You cannot persist to pray. Kabaya, one hour. So this is how these keys are simple. Amen. But you need it in order to be what? Persistent. God willing, another time, maybe we will intentionally look at these keys one as individual. Church, today I've spoken to you the word of God regarding planning. You know what it means to you. You know what the Lord is saying to you through this teaching. I want you to lift up your... We know that you were blessed by this message and we look forward to share God's word with you again. For more information, call our office on 0755-215-2566. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Thank you.